Oh, yeah. Ooh, ah, that's how it always starts. But then later there's running and then screaming. The world's just changed so radically, and we're all running to catch up. How can we possibly have the slightest idea of what to expect? With the best intentions. Some of the worst things imaginable have been done with the best intentions. Dr. Malcolm, I have to share a few campfire stories with my uncle. You can convince the Washington Post and the Skeptical Inquirer of whatever you want. But I was there, I know what happened, and so do you. I, I don't think you're giving us our due credit. Our scientists have done things which nobody's ever done before. Yeah, yeah, but your scientists were so preoccupied with whether or not they could that they didn't stop to think if they should. Hello, welcome to the May issue of Jurassic Moons, where we discuss recent movie, toy, and franchise news for the Jurassic series. I'm Brad. I'm Dave. And on this issue, we're talking more Mattel toys. Jurassic June's just around the corner. What could it mean for the franchise? And at the end, we review Camp Cretaceous Season 3. Full spoilers for that. So if you haven't seen it, go and watch it now. But before that, David, we've got some new figures to talk about. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, by figures, I should mean, uh, I should say, uh, new acquisitions. Um, after countless searching, I finally got my hands on the Camp Cretaceous Spinosaur. Uh, funnily enough, just as I get it from Amazon Australia, it starts turning up at local retail, so <laughs> I'll have to see if I um, paid more or paid less for buying it online compared to the local brick-and-mortar store, but um, I finally got it in my hands. I still prefer the colours on the original... Uh, Jurassic World one that came out a couple of years ago, but I've never seen that retail here, and it's up over the hundred and fifty dollars on eBay at the moment, so it's Ooh. just a little bit, a little bit out of reach. Where <laughs> I got thirty five for the Spinosaur for this, this, the new repainted version, and um, I like it. it. Yeah, it does look. I visited my friend Terry um, uh, a little while back, and he had he had gotten it. So, yeah, and I did like his copy. I thought it was a really nice figure. The colors were, were really nice. The articulation was really nice. Well, it's just a repainted version of the one we already <laughs> had, but yeah. Yeah, my, if I had one issue to nitpick about it, it's just the length of the tail. Um, it's a bit it's a bit of a stubby tail on it, but it's um, especially with the proportions, the big legs, the big feet so I can stand up, unlike uh, that original Indominus from <laughs> from Hasbro. But, um, no, I really like it. Um, if five or five, six years ago when Mattel took over the line, if you'd told me they would have been doing stuff from Jurassic Park 3, I would have laughed. Uh, <laughs> the, the Spinosaur, the Tranodons, I'm sure there's going to be more. Uh, there's already hints that maybe Raptors coming, which will probably just be another repaint of the Raptors we've already got because we're getting more repaints coming in the news as well. But I kind of hope not, just because, I, I mean, the... Facial features are, I, I mean, I wouldn't say they're incredibly iconic, but they're very much well known. You know hmm. that I think that they could ju- they could justify at least a facial retool. You know. Yeah, there is that difference there between the between the versions, and we sort of mentioned it earlier when, oh, a while ago when. Um, we started getting other figures apart from the Raptor Squad and just being repaints of blue. I think we had the uh, the original Jurassic Park Raptor and it's sort of minor, minor sculpt details but still had that blue look to it. Um, and then even going into the Lost World ones and the next figures here we're going to talk about, the uh, the, the striped male Raptors that um, 
you picked up the uh, the proper air quotes Tiger Raptor from the Lost World. I picked mm-hmm. up the uh, it was just another repaint of those Jurassic World Raptors, which was the orange with the brown stripes, which I think homages the uh, the screaming Raptor from Jurassic Park quite well. Just that sort of more of a burnt orange colour with the dark brown stripes, but these things look fantastic in hand, and they'll be my uh, Lost World male Raptors until I can get my hands on the Amber Collection ones. But, David, you've picked up the Amber Collection? No, it's Legacy, isn't it? No, well, it's Amber Collection slash Legacy, I, I guess you'd call it, just because, <laughs> um, I mean, it's, in a way, it is is Legacy, but it's Amber Collection scale and articulation. And I think it looks great. I take back every criticism I had about it. Oh, really? Except for the eyes. The eyes I still have a problem with just because I hate that black wash. And I'm thinking I I bought some um, some denatured alcohol here to um, do a repaint of something of something else. I'm going to strip strip a pair of boots and re re dye the leather for them. Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking I might just dip a Q-tip in there and uh, erase the eyes and redo the eyes myself, just because I do like the black wash over the eyes and it's bugging me <laughs> yeah well that was one of the bigger points we brought up when the news for that figure was announced just um some of the color color choices there on the final figure itself but it just it gives a good base to to do a little bit of customization like that and make a more more film mm-hmm. accurate or more accurate in your eyes how you want the raptors to look but that's just a great thing about Mattel, giving us so many different dinosaur figures, we can sort of customise them the way we want and not be paying a lot of money for it. Yeah. Um, but that's it for the animals. We've got some human characters as well. You've got Arnold. I did, yeah. I really haven't really looked at him much. I mean, not I mean photographed him much, but I really I was I really like what they've done with this human figure. The a um Arms are detachable at the about midway up the bicep, and you can replace it with. Uh, and it, I'm sorry, it comes as an accessory with the um, the severed arm prop. So <laughs> you can have him walking around with his own arm. I wanted to do a picture of him beating a raptor with his own arm, but I have yet to figure out how to make it. Um, how to how to get it posed right to where it looks like it's dynamic enough? Well, we know from the uh, behind the scenes stuff that he actually tore his own arm off and threw it over against the wall as bait to get the raptors away from him. So you could always do that scene as well. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, I've um I've pre-ordered Mr. Arnold from uh, Big Bad Toy Store along with the new Hammond and Early figures that we're going to talk about tonight as well. Um, got on the pre-orders there for them so. There's uh, quite a bit of Jurassic stuff coming in the mail for me uh, over the next couple of months, but uh, you've got one more animal to talk about too. You've got another T-Rex. I did, yes. I'm uh, swimming in T-Rex. And <laughs> Mattel has been making so many T-Rex, and I've been uh, so eager, just so <laughs> willing to buy. They'll, they'll never not sell me on a T-Rex. Of course, now I also want the um, Stomp and... Those are the uh, stomp and a sk- the, the one that comes with the new capture gear. Yep, yep. Plus, there's the one just around the corner with the Explorer as well for the breakout set. So, yes, there's a lot of T-Rex. <laughs> <laughs> and they're gonna sucker me into another one. 
Yeah, and we haven't got that in the news. There has been some new photos of the box art of that uh, Escape T-Rex set with the Explorer and Timmy. Um, again, just knocking it out of the park with the box art, just the fence in the background, the lightning. Much like I discussed uh, last minutes with Nedry and the Jeep um, and the box art on that, they're making it really hard to take these figures out of the boxes and not keep the boxes. <laughs> no. Great display pieces. They are. But uh, if that's it for new acquisitions, oh, anything coming in the mail? Anything ordered, pre-ordered? Um, not right now. No, I could have pre-ordered the um, new Capture Gear Rex, but I'll pick it up eventually. I don't think it'll be something that'll race off the shelf, especially with no. the Explorer set and that being out there with it as well. Yeah. Should be easy to find. But uh, that's it for new acquisitions. Let's get into some news. All right. Woo! Hey, where did you find this? It walks under my seat. Are they heavy? Yeah. Then they're expensive. Put them back. Alright, May being May, of course, happy birthday to The Lost World, uh, having its release date uh, in the last week or so um, of May. It's great to see a lot of The Lost World love still getting around the social medias and that. It's um, a lot more people are discovering and a lot more people are sort of getting on board with uh, with the film. I think the, uh, oh, not so much anger of the time, but the fact that, yes, we're going to another island now, we're not going back to Jurassic Park to see what happened there. Um, I think the Fallen Kingdom sort of gave us that itch of what Jurassic Park would have been like in the years after the uh, the evacuation. Um, mm-hmm. What we got in Fallen Kingdom with going back and just seeing the ruined buildings, the park, places we'd seen, I'm sure, in a different universe. If James Cameron had done Jurassic Park, that's where the Lost World would have gone, going back to Nublar and seeing abandoned stuff. But uh, even now, even mm-hmm. up in cool Cramp Cretaceous, we're still <laughs> revisiting the past with Jurassic Park, so... With um, with James Cameron, I almost sort of imagine it would have been something like um, the video game Chaos Continues when you know when how they go back to Jurassic uh, go back to Jurassic Park and it almost somewhat inspired the um, what was it the DPG with the cleanup stuff you know. Mm. Yeah, and still, still an aspect of the franchise I'd still love to see. Not yet, not yet. So yeah, happy birthday to Lost World. I, it's still still my favourite film in the franchise. <laughs> Dominion's not going to knock that off off the top of the list for me. And it's great just uh, revisiting revisiting it, with uh, whether it's memes, scenes, the toys. Again, like we said before, with the, uh, Jurassic Park 3, getting some love from Mattel. We're starting to get some more love from... Uh, Mattel for the Lost World as well. The Baby Rex is coming. Fingers crossed there's vehicles <laughs> vehicles around the corner. I still reckon there's going to be an M-Class. I reckon that'll be next, the next vehicle done. Uh, hoping anyway, so... Let's keep the love of the Lost World going into the future. Ian, the animal's dehydrated. The first thing it's going to do is go to a water source, and then it's going to look for the next thing its body needs. All the containment equipment is here. We've got to get it back to the dock. The boat might still be seaworthy. Right, right. Am I thinking what you're about to say? When we brought the baby to the trailer, it came. There's no reason to think it won't do the same thing here. Yep. Speaking of Mattel and new figures, we've got some new figures to discuss. First up, minor spoilers here for Camp Cretaceous, if you haven't seen it already. We've got the Scorpius Rex from Camp Cretaceous Season Uh, Mm 3. That 
absolute monstrosity that we're going to talk about later on in the show when we talk about season three. But uh, here, the release of the figure, uh, we've seen prototypes for this a while ago. It seems to be much more of a uh, Indoraptor retool, uh, just in the body style. It doesn't look a lot like the concept art we've seen, apart from the head and the tail. My yeah, I was going to say that my thinking is that it was from an earlier design oh, that yeah. yep. was changed too late for Mattel to make uh, to retool it. You know. Hmm. Yeah, we especially with the gold belly on it too. It's um. Because mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure from uh from the series it's all it's all that sort of one color. Yeah. I don't know. I've sort of I've sort of got a love hate relationship with the Scorpius at the moment. I, I don't know if I'll get this figure or not. Yeah, I don't know either. I do know that the tail is supposed to be like spring loaded, so that like when you pull back on the tail, it you're supposed to imagine that the uh, barbs spring free. Mm. Yeah, it's got that playability to it. We'll, we'll see what happens. Yeah. On the Raptor front, as we discussed before, there's a uh, a new Raptor coming out as well, which is another version of Jurassic Park Raptor. A little bit darker colours, a bit more bit more you know, colour colour shading on it as well. You got sort of that darker darker skin colour on the top of the head and top of the arms and the back and that going to that lighter that lighter brownie coloured neck and stomach. I'm not sure if I'm going to pick it up myself either, to be honest, you know? Mm. Yeah, well, I haven't got the other one. I'd, I'd, I'd like to see how it compares with that one, but it would look good next to Rob Muldoon, or even, as you said before, with Ray Arnold <laughs> hitting it on the head with his <laughs> severed arm. <laughs> <laughs> I think that the only re- really difference between this new one and the previous one is the base color, actually. I think... Mattel realized, despite the Amber Collection name, that a base that kind of looks like pee <laughs> isn't the best. So it looked because, and funny enough, I noticed that Ray Arnold didn't come with a base at all. I thought that was kind of strange. Yeah, yeah, they've all had them. Uh, the Amber Collection stuff has anyway. Yeah. Uh, next up, too, we got a uh, new. Dimorphodon coming. Um, mm-hmm. Oh, is it the first? I can't recall. Oh, they had the one for Jurassic World, uh, which was again sort of that bluey grey colour. Um, mm-hmm. Bit of a repaint here. I don't know if it's a remold or something completely new. This is for the Amber Collection scale, so it's completely uh, new. Yeah. yeah. Looks good again, going for that clear base, not the uh, not the amber liquid base. No <laughs> um, pee. Or if you like shit, it, it is pee, but she's more hydrated now. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it's looking good. I might actually pick one of these up when they come out. I'm not going to jump on the pre-order just when they um when I see them in stores or see them online for a, the right price. I might pick one up. I don't know if I will just because I don't like the Dimorphodon period. The Jurassic World Dimorphodon was just not something that... I thought it was fugly. <laughs> it looked like a half skeletal rat with ring with wings. It is only a look that a mother could love. <laughs> <laughs> really? Yeah. Anyway, that's it for the animals. Um, also, we got uh, John Hammond, another version of John Hammond here. It looks pretty good. It comes with his amber cane. Uh, he's got a watch on, and also comes with a baby raptor in its egg as well. Yeah. Um, 
and yeah, removable hat. This, yeah, this is going to be another Amber Collection one where I'm really excited for this one just because, I mean, Hammond, we never got a figure of him. Now we've got two. Mm. And this one in a super articulated, uh, really highly detailed scale. And I'm excited. I do hope this one being released brings the, the, the price of the Comic-Con one down a little bit. Um, <laughs> just because of a different figure as well, but... I'll, I'll still mm-hmm. love to get that figure with the uh, with the egg table, but mm-hmm. one day. <laughs> Funny enough, I think he almost kind of looks a little angry without his in that one picture where he's not wearing his hat. <laughs> Damn! <laughs> <laughs> he's too yeah. He's again looking at the cane as the uh, the tour vehicles return the garage. <laughs> first, mm-hmm. so much for our first tour. That's that's good. That's not just a removable hat. It's different different head sculpts. Two separate heads. One smile and one in that sterner, angrier look as mm-hmm. you're saying. So, yeah, good bit of a uh, good little accessory count with him. And hopefully, he's, um, well, I paid twenty four bucks for the pre order, so not overly expensive either. Uh, that's US price. So, mm-hmm. having pre ordered, cannot wait to get him in hand. Um, lastly, we finally get another Ellie figure too. We had her in the uh, the Legacy line. Um, Mm-hmm. And now we're getting her in the Amber Collection line. Honestly, I gotta say, I think that the facial sculpt for Ellie is much better than the um than the original than the original smaller scale one. There's more detail. I think that it looks more like Laura Dern. You know. Mm. Yeah. Plus, I love I love the whole uh, radio belt and flashlight <laughs> thing as the accessory. That's it. I'd be that or a giant leaf, really. The, the two <laughs> two major roles in the film. Um, again, swappable heads. One with uh, the glasses and the smile. Another one without. I love that because almost everybody forgets that she wears glasses in the movie. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, I forget sometimes. Well, cons- yeah, considering she doesn't in Jurassic Park three, it's only in Jurassic Park where she does it. Um, and I do think that head sculpt with the glasses is the better one with that smile as well. Yeah. I've heard some people say she, they've, they've done her uh, injustice again by making her look like an old lady. Uh, I don't know if that's just the glasses or what, but it was the early 90s. Glasses were big like that. <laughs> yeah, really. You only can look at the ones on Arnold as well. I remember what they looked like. Yeah. Yep. And it looks like she's wearing a nappy or a diaper. That's just the, the engineering of these figures, I'm sure. Well, okay, Hammond's a bit different because his shirt overhangs the legs there, but um, good, good looking figures again. We're in that twenty, twenty four, twenty five dollar mark to uh, pre order, so definitely going to be good to get her and um, her and Muldoon in the jeep. Yeah. With the best intentions, some of the worst things imaginable have been done with the best intentions. As far as I'm concerned, you're no better than the people that built this place. Coming up next in the news, uh, something I didn't think would uh, possibly ever come back out, but uh, Tiger, the uh, handheld game, uh, electronics game company from back in the 90s. I didn't even know they still existed, but they're re-releasing the the Jurassic Park handheld (laughs) game from uh, 1993. Yeah, that is a major left field thing that I did not expect to see. It's come up as a, a GameStop exclusive, uh, or come up on GameStop anyway for pre-order for fifteen dollars, which again 
fantastic. Every collector needs to get this in their hand. I've I've still got my original one with uh, the the amount of scratches on the screen where this thing got carried around my backpack and at the school and everything else. It's <laughs> it's hard to still see a lot of it and play it. Uh, it still works, but um, yeah, the screen's highly damaged and. Uh, I've got one original one still minting its fresh uh, packaging as well on display in my collection, but this will be great just to get another one. My kids can play it. I, I can play it. And uh, <laughs> it's sort of at the end of an era here of the transition from the handheld game here in Jurassic Park up to the uh, the PS2 game for, or the PS1 game for The Lost World. We never got a Tiger game for Lost World, which is a shame. Mm-hmm. But this is expected out in uh, in July of 2020. Um, I'll be looking to get one. David, you going to get one as well? Uh, I don't think I will. I was no, I was not old enough to really be into the original one, so I kind of really don't have much nostalgia for it. But I am very surprised that it actually <laughs> is coming back out, just because it seems like such a niche market. <laughs> I don't again without googling Tiger Electronics, whether someone else. Hasbro or whoever might own the company, and did they discover a few boxes of these still still in a warehouse somewhere, or have they actually retooled uh, dies and everything to remake this game? And it makes me wonder for all the other Tiger stuff too, the Star Treks, the Power Rangers, the Sonic the Hedgehogs, all the vast variety of uh, Tiger electronic games that come out in the nineties. That I had a few of them over the years. Mm-hmm. Um, it is a very basic, very basic game game premise. Uh, you're Tim and Lex on the uh, jungle path trying to get, at the end of the story, to the power to turn the power back on. You get T-Rex, Raptors, uh, Dilophosaurus, all uh, across your path. It's um, it's not even a side scroll. It's just it's just you're on the screen and the um, some uh, markers on the side of the road move to make it look like you're running down the road. So a very very basic game system, but yeah, sort of a step up. Well, not even a step up from the Super Nintendo. It's sort of a sidestep of just, uh, here's this little basic game to play in the Jurassic World. So, Due to technical difficulties, all our exhibits are now closed. Please disembark all rides and return to the resort. Come on. No, we can stay out a couple more minutes. But they said it was closed. Aunt Claire gave us special wristbands, right? VIP, dude. Come on. All right, so that's the news done. Uh, we're going to talk about Camp Cretaceous Season 3, Dave. Um, again, spoilers, we're talking, breaking it all down. We're not going to go episode by episode. We might discuss what happens in certain episodes, but uh, we don't want to be sitting around here for an hour recapping the entire <laughs> the entire show, <laughs> um, which as soon as I started re-watching episodes, I started taking notes, so I stopped, <laughs> stopped doing that. Otherwise, we would have blown out uh, well over the hour. So, um, uh, where's my notes? Uh, so, yeah... Season 3, um, generally across the season, I think the animation still looks fantastic. Uh, what they've done with the Scorpius mm-hmm. Rex and that looked fantastic as well. It's it's a shame, I don't know if it's just budget or, or what, but the the, the, the damaging or um, dirtying up of assets, the, the characters start Season 3 pretty much as if the park was abandoned yesterday. Yes, you've got Billy, uh, of course <laughs> the boys have got the, 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 uh, the more torn up clothes than what the girls have, but... It's still sort of that basic, um, a couple of tears here and there that they have for the entire series. It's just, yeah. again, we start the season with uh, clean clothes, and by the end of it, we get a little bit of a dirt effect on them again, which happened last 
last uh, season as well. Yeah. And that crosses across to the sort of the buildings and that as well. Like episode one, we get up to the uh, the lookout, which is great to see the gondolas come in. We know they were on the original Jurassic World brochure map. Um, we're seeing more of Isla Nublar and Jurassic World. But we get up to the top of the hill, <laughs> top of this summit lookout, so obviously it's got to be windy up there. Uh, the Dimorphodons <laughs> have made a nest up there, yet you've got umbrellas and picnic for, like uh, outdoor seating furniture just sitting there uh, as if <laughs> as if the park was ready to open for the day. Yeah, that seems odd just because, <laughs> I mean, like you said, it's windy up there and the park's been abandoned for quite a while at this point, so they should not be upright or even really there anymore. Well, it's like when we return to Main Street too, it's just sort of, oh, we knock some umbrellas over to make like, make it look like there's no people there. And with the Dimorphodon nest up there as well, sort of some clumps of nests here and there, but we know from the aviary from both the novel and Jurassic Park 3, just the, the, um, oh, I was going to sort of scat, whatever you, the, the, the um, animal sort of feces scattered everywhere is <laughs> marking up territory and that sort of stuff. It's It's not here, but. But yeah, also the physics of the characters still seem a little bit off too. Like, we have falls, tumbles, and climbing without uh, any sort of real world <laughs> physics attached to it. I think uh, in um, in Clever Girl, the episode where we return to the visitor centre, they're climbing the scaffolding, and Darius is just hanging there by one arm, uh, <laughs> which looks really weird um, as he's waiting for Blue to clear the clear the lobby. Mm-hmm. But um. I suppose we should bring up the uh, be careful what you wish for. We we wanted old park. Um, of course, the uh, the battery did power the fence around Camp Kenji, um, <laughs> <laughs> which we we've seen coming, and yes, of course it happened. We did get the return of Mitch and Tiff's boat, which I didn't think would play as major role in this in the franchise as what it has. Um, pretty much the whole episode was get on the boat. We're going to use mm-hmm. this boat to get off the island. Yeah, that was uh, there and. The only thing I really didn't like about that was the fact that it kept going back and forth, like, yay, we're leaving, no way, we forgot something, <laughs> hey, we're leaving again, no, no way, now we forgot something else, hey, we're leaving again, oh no, now the uh, helicopter's coming and saying we got to go back. <laughs> <laughs> well, especially when they find it, it's nearly out of fuel, they managed to get back to the uh, the main harbour with the, with the fuel they got on board. Uh, mm-hmm. they, they say maybe there's fuel at the harbour, I don't think we actually see them find fuel, but... All of a sudden, it's fueled up, but I do like the little touch there where, yes, they go to try and leave it on, and the helicopters turn up where they're only using one of the two engines, so whether one's broken or they're trying to conserve fuel by only using one engine, but again, like I said before, the, the damaging of assets, the boat itself, the window's broken out. There was two two baryonics on that boat going after Tiff, and we have a couple of wires pulled out of the center console and the broken window. All the all the doors, all the windows in the rest of the ship are pristine, as if it's just come off the, uh, the factory floor. But um... <laughs> What I kind of found odd was how the... Because they mentioned that the controls are damaged, yet that never seems to impact their ability to pilot the boat, you know? Well, it might take out their navigational ability, and we'll get to that what that might mean at the end of the episode because at the, yeah, at the end of the minutes because um, one of the one of the early plot uh, MacGuffins is uh, find a camp compass. We go to uh, Casa de Kenshi, which um, here's this flash high rise. Uh, when you're saying VIP accommodation, this isn't really what I'd think for Jurassic World. Um, 
Yeah, it seems just like a skyscraper sitting there in the middle of the jungle. <laughs> it's it's like playing Sim Sim City or whatever. Just plop a skyscraper in the middle of nowhere <laughs> and, and connect the roads to it. We've we've got the underground garage with all the limos. Is is you'd think they'd have a private helicopter landing area or something? How it just it, it's building Jurassic World, and I, I don't mind that, but it's um. It's quite weird, and of course, in the trailer we've seen the sort of the ornate hallways and that we thought maybe have been was uh, Hammond's residence, but no, it's the inside mm-hmm. of this uh, extravagant hotel for uh, the super rich. Yeah. But we get the compass, we get back to the boat, and of course, uh, the opening for episode four, um, which is absolutely funny. Kenji found quarters at the compies because <laughs> the compies love shiny things, and of course, <laughs> then the compass is taken. To the old visitor centre, and again, be careful what we wish for. We wanted to see the old park, and we got it here, whether it's what we remember it to be or not. <laughs> and it's just, it's just weird again, like the little, the little references they've got, the films as reference material, yet they keep on changing the little things. We get to the uh, front of the visitor centre here. There's the dirt road leading straight into it, no jungle <laughs> surrounding the front of it. <laughs> Um, there's yeah, an upside-down G-Wagon there instead of the the Kawasaki, um, which plays a role later on as well. But it's just weird. It's, I, I like this version of the old visitor centre more. I wish this is what we got in Jurassic World. But um, Yeah, I kind of feel like it's both a boon and a burden just because this is what it should have looked like from the beginning, and I like that. But at the same time, that's not what it looked like, and that's an error in and of itself. Mm. Yeah. You know? Yeah, and we 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 sort of guessed when we seen the trailer that the um they're going to have a new artistic uh, depiction of the visitor center. So um, we get inside. Uh, scaffold's still there, plays a major part. Uh, the 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 hallway. Um, we get to see the kitchen again, which is uh it's good to see, but. Again, continuing the uh, the theme of whenever we see something old, it has to be destroyed by whatever's new. <laughs> We've got the, the Scorpius mm-hmm. in there. They can't just push the door open like the Raptors did. It's got to burst through the wall in the kitchen. Well, not only that, but, I mean, like, we see the hole that the Indominus makes, and everything else just gets more and more holy until... <laughs> 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 and that, and the good kind of holy... <laughs> Hmm. Yeah, we just well, bring the whole thing down. <laughs> well, that's the problem. We get we get two of the Scorpius Rexes uh, fighting in there, and Blue gets out. They, it's weird. They knock knock the mate, the scaffold over, um, thinking that it's holding the roof up, but it's not. It's just there to access where the dinosaur skeletons were. So it's it's weird they went that move. But of course, the kids knock the scaffold over, and it brings the whole the whole visitor center down to reflect sort of what we see in Jurassic World. So it's sort of... The way they, the kids leave it is what we sort of could come across it in Jurassic World, just collapsed and overgrown, and just those those yeah. doors and the, the door facade. But I did like that we finally got blue in the in the series, you know? It's weird. Did you reckon it was weird that the eyes were orange? I... Yes and no. I mean, it's kind of the thing they do with all the dinosaurs in this in this series is all the dinosaurs suddenly their eyes turn <laughs> like bright primary colors. <laughs> hmm. 
Well, it's not just the uh, the dinosaurs too. I noticed with the human cast, uh, a lot of the time, a weird light dot in their eyes, like there was a light source just behind the camera the whole time, especially sort of night time, um, which sort of looked a bit weird. By the end of it, it didn't seem to matter as much, but just something I picked up there with uh, the, the human characters as well. But I suppose the Scorpius Rex, <laughs> let's talk about that freak of nature. Um, yes. I think... <laughs> Go. The thing's got a face like a hatchet. <laughs> that was one of the first things I noticed about it. Yeah, I, I do like how um, it's not it's not something we was working on post Indominus and pre um, Indoraptor. I like how it was version one. It was the first the first hybrid that he'd been working on, and mm-hmm. of course we see here it's it's all sorts of screwed up. <laughs> um, oh, this thing is messy and nasty and. It's literally everything the Indoraptor is not. It's just ugly. It's, I wouldn't say stupid because it is very intelligent. But at the same time, and it has this kind of look about it. Like, you look at it and it's kind of like, <laughs> It's the Gomer pile of dinosaurs. Yeah, but in the same... If Gomer pile, it had the brain of Albert Einstein. <laughs> <laughs> That's that's not a good combination. <laughs> no, <laughs> but and that's what, but that's what the Scorpius is. It's just not a good combination of any of the traits that it ha- of what it is, you know. Mm-hmm. But in its actions, I, the way it acts in that, I I think what we see of the Scorpius Rex in this cartoon series, I think I, it, it, I find it more scarier and more unsettling than what we get of the Indoraptor in the entire end of Fallen Kingdom, just the way it roars up at the lightning and its arms, it can like push its arms back behind its spine or up yeah, to the air, was... just the range of moment from its shoulders is just freaky. Um, it is. It's human-like. <laughs> which is, that... I think, what makes it so disturbing, is it's something that clearly is not human in form, but moves human-like. And you know? It, it... It makes me wonder about that sales script and the, the, the stuff from... We know they've been pulling stuff from the sales script and that what Jurassic Park 4 would have been. And yeah. this just seems like that step before the um, the human raptor. It just... It is so, so freaky. And, like, when um, uh, Episode 8, when they return to the visitor center to get the Trank gun, and they've got it and gone, Rightio, let's go and let's go and try and stop this thing. And all of a sudden, the drool drops down on the trank gun they look up and here it is hanging upside down from the trunk of a tree snarling it just that's almost something out of alien it's just so so frightening i um i know i, I definitely this got is, me as somebody as one i'm sorry as one of my friends said it's probably one the closest thing we'll get to the dino human hybrids in this series yeah and it's been mentioned, uh, like the showrunners or, or someone has said that um, they wanted the animals to be more more like animals, especially the herbivores and that. In this series, we didn't want the animals to be monsters, but with this with this creature, they were able mm-hmm. to go completely the other way and just create a pure monster. The fact that it's killing Gallimimus and, ca- and hauling him up into trees like the Predator, it's just... Oh, I love it. <laughs> it's... Frankenstein's monster in the most physical sense, and that is just hideous. It's an amalgamation. It's got an overbite worse than King Tut. <laughs> <laughs> it's just 
hideous, and I want to hate it, but the its portrayal in the series makes me not. Mm. I mean, I don't like it as a character, but it does a good job of being a villain in that sense, and that it's just so grotesque, so horrifying that you can't help but you love to hate it, you mm. know? Yeah, I don't... I don't know about the fact that it's self-replicating, uh, asexual, that sort of thing. It, it's weird, again, we get another passage of time in here where uh, the time from E750 breaking out we see at the end of Season 2 to to when we get the two of them, it's been about three months, so... Um, Even well, longer, actually. Yeah. See, yeah. it's been like five months because Season 2, by the end of Season 2, they've been there Eight almost months. a month. And by the end of the season three, it's six months out. It's the opening of Fallen Kingdom. Mm. Yeah. Which we, to... which we know takes place six months after the end of Jurassic World. Mm. So there is, there is time for it to be able to somehow obviously lay mm-hmm. a single egg. <laughs> Although that little stinger at the end with what's behind the door on the boat, maybe it laid more than one egg. And there's a juvenile one on the boat. but um... it, it reminds me of the expression, kill it before it lays eggs. <laughs> well, again, that alien callback. Um, yes. Yeah. It's sort of weird they killed it off in episode eight. We still had two more episodes afterwards. I was still waiting for it to come back. I didn't think they'd died mm-hmm. when the, the visitor center imploded, especially when it's really only sort of rotten thatched roof and that in the roof that come down, so... But no, it didn't return. Whether it plays a bigger role in Dominion, I hope not. I don't want to see that thing on screen <laughs> in real life uh, going after people because I, uh, I won't be able to watch it. <laughs> um, yeah. I also like, too, it's uh, it's part build-up of the scorpion fish and not the, the bug scorpion. When we are looking at the prototype toy uh, a couple of months ago, we sort of seen the armour plating on its back and thought maybe it's uh, going after the scorpion um, insect. Or arachnid, whatever, you, whatever class of uh, insect it belongs to. But no, scorpion fish. I I need to Google scorpion fish because I've never heard of one before. But um... I know I've never heard of them before either. Which props for the obscure animal reference. It didn't go with the obvious. Squeeze <laughs> is not it's not obviously a scorpion. It's a scorpion fish, which, like you, I've never heard of before. I had yeah. to, I had to look it up. Yep. It's a shame, once again, we still have no idea what happened on the mainland <laughs> with the parents or the campers, the camp instructors. Only the uh, the sort of drop line from Wu when he arrives on the island, um, that you're know, the kids that didn't make it out of the, didn't, didn't get out of the camp or, or whatever it was. So it's a shame. Here we are again, the end of the end of the series, and we don't know what <laughs> what the parents think or if they've been trying to uh, to get there or or what, but. Um, I suppose without bearing the lead, we get Wu returning to the island as well, which I didn't see happening. Uh, well, not just well. B- before we transition to Wu, yep. that does kind of bring up a point, be- just because of the fact that Kenji brags a lot about how his dad has all these connections. He knows the president. He knows Masrani. He has a the penthouse. He has the penthouse on an exclusive rich people's. Uh, condo but you would think somebody with these kind of resources could petition or even hire somebody themselves 
to look for the look for their own son. Mm. You know? Yeah, it's just <laughs> Mitch and Tiff got there and they weren't they weren't anywhere near as near as um rich. Yeah. Well not only that, but then uh, I or I think it was um Samuel who brought up that Kenji's dad has no photos of Kenji or their family in any anywhere in the apartment, you know? Hmm. Yeah, maybe maybe use the son he never wanted to have or something. It's the uh, the perfect the perfect way to uh, get him out of his life, which is dark. He kind of sets up that this thing that Kenji has father issues that they never really follow up on. That's another string that I feel is going to be left open for a possible season four. You know? Hmm. Yeah, we'll get to we get to what might might be happening with season four uh, a little mm-hmm. bit later, but. Um... As I said before, yeah. woo, woo, <laughs> woo, getting beyond. I, I find it hard to believe that uh, all his research is just on this one laptop. We know from uh, Jurassic World they cleared all his stuff out, so I don't know what, what, why his one laptop was left behind there with all the data on it. Um, well, not just all the data, all the data on the um, Indominus, which is like the main thing he the main project he was working on at the time mm. yep and of course the laptop gets destroyed but i'm sure you'd still be able to get the hard drive out of it <laughs> he um he sort of says in the in the cartoon that it's going to put his research back three or four years which i suppose mm-hmm. is why we only get the uh the indoraptor three or four years after he um gets the indominus bone from uh, fallen kingdom but it's sort of weird here too. Again, like we know, and we've talked about the uh, returning to the island opera- operation clean up and that, or clean sweep post Jurassic Park, and we're going back to the island. Um, here, he's still in his white lab coat sort of thing, umbrella, sort of that pompous mm-hmm. hide and hide and all. Um, if if they're just going there to retrieve a laptop or a piece of the Indominus, I don't know why he's actually there. He seems out of his elements, especially in the rain. <laughs> But that's when the uh, the campers and the parents come to a head. Um, we get the uh, the helicopter pilot here as well, the female that um, loves flying stupidly low to trees in the dark in the rain. <laughs> Which, of course, that helicopter comes down and um, one less helicopter used to get off the island. I love the novel references in here as well. We had the one earlier in episode four when we get to the visitor center where um, they start talking about the legend of John Hammond. And what <laughs> and what happened to him? With, um, I guess Brooklyn saying he... that uh, he died. Compies got him. Fell down a hill, broke his ankle, and the compies got him. Which is a great little reference to the novel. Yeah, um, it was. In episode eight, uh, no nine, when uh, they finally get to the helicopters and it takes off, and the Trenosaur comes out and reenacts what we would have seen at the end of Jurassic Park if it wasn't changed. Mhm. Great little callback there. Well, also, I the um, what was it the uh, the Brachiosaur gets its first kill in the franchise in uh, this series, sort of indirectly, but yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I suppose we do get some of the herbivores acting uh, a little bit out of nature as well. Uh, in Safe Harbor, we get the um. The duck bill. I'm not even gonna try and pronounce the name. <laughs> the, or- the Orpheus. Uh, yeah, okay. Um, 
sort of that they've taken up um, their domain is the uh, the harbour, and uh, they're not just big dumb cows. They um they they give the kids a bit of a fright there, and so much so even chase them out in the water and chase them onto the boat. <laughs> yeah, and then we got the um, Jurassic Park three reference with the uh, Rhinosaurus uh, sail following the boat. Oh, oh, of course. <laughs> I um yeah I I binged the whole the whole lot <laughs> late one night so some of the episodes blended together. <laughs> I've not actually binged this one uh, a second time yet. I probably should. Hmm. Yeah, again you just pick up the little the little references here and there. Yeah. But it's sort of um it's sort of discussed after that incident um, with uh, Darius and that and Brooklyn, which seems to be their local. E750 expert that um, it being released on the islands just sending the whole ecosystem out of whack and I wonder if it's a um, a little nod to what we've been told about sauna and the spinosaur just being loose on the island and the uh, the whole uh, ecology of the island going out of whack because of this super predator. Um, mm-hmm. I suppose especially since now we know there's two of them roaming the island too. But for the most part, I, I didn't mind the season. Is there anything else specifically you uh, want to discuss before we get into what may be ahead? Yeah, it seems that we got an answer on why Ceratosaurus is now oh. extinct. Again. <laughs> I'd have to... I'd have. Yeah. The weird size thing now, I thought it was bigger like Toro. Um, probably again going off what we've seen in Jurassic Park 3 of its size there. Mm-hmm. Um but yeah, Scorpius makes <laughs> short work of it. Another kill. Well, not only that, but it's... Um, I swear it was Ceratosaurus-sized when it attacked it, you know? Mm. Yeah, it does. We, yeah, the size of this thing seems to change <laughs> a little bit through the, the series where it, it's attacking that. Um, then it's sort of the same size as the Galmimosaurus, similar... Um, then it's small enough to be able to go into the kitchen in the uh, visitor center. That actually may have been because there was two of them. This younger one may have actually been shorter, you know. Yeah, yeah, good point. Because also when they um when that one attacks Camp Kenji, it's sort of the same height or not quite as high as the fence they got around it as well. So that's quite possible. That might be a little nod early on that the fact that there's two of them, we just didn't pick up on it. And when that actually brings up another point is that the younger one, they seemed like they were hunting simultaneously. So it made it appear at first that the E750 was hunting almost ravenously just because we saw it attack one parasaur and then it appeared like it came back and attacked another. But I think it may have been the second one and they each took a kill for themselves, you know? Well, it's only when Darius says, wait, how can it be here? It was just with, um, with, I think, with Brooklyn that on the other side of the island. I didn't even pick up until he said that, that the um, the times weren't lining up with how quick <laughs> or how close together we're seeing it on screen with in, in different parts of the island. They, they well, the other thing that. is, yeah, with the jungle being so thick, you could almost consider that they... I mean, because there's a couple times in this series where they just about almost ran in, run into each other without realizing it because... The jungle is so thick. But then there's other times. Like one thing I, I don't really like is uh, 
when we see the the opening of Fallen Kingdom there, and the helicopter flies overhead and flies off, they they run after it, and ten seconds later they run out of the clearing and hit out with the helicopter. It's just powering down. The ability to run around this island and be at places in the flick of a hat <laughs> is almost absurd at times, but still, I think going back now, whether we get a season four or not, I think um, the whole three seasons, they, they seem to have been made as a whole to fill in that gap between um, between Fallen Kingdom and Dominion. They didn't know at the time Dominion was going to get pushed, so... Well, now with the ending... You know, I mean, we get that kind of cliffhanger, but I feel like if they don't get a fourth season, that will probably, you could probably almost like pass it off as just like a small or like a large copy or something like that, you know? Well, it kind of goes back to the theme of animals being able to migrate or get off the island one way or another. Mm -hmm. Um, Whether it's a large animal, there's been speculation, all sorts of play about that. Whether it's how we get our Dilophosaur and Dominion, <laughs> I, I don't know. There's also people talking about uh, these kids being in live action in Dominion as well. Um, the female pilot we've seen in the in the, the, the helicopter, uh, they reckon she could be the, the same actress we see with Chris Pratt. We know there's a female helicopter pilot in Dominion. Um, I keep on hearing and seeing stories how much this is supposed to tie into Dominion, so... Don't know, don't know we would have found out in a couple of weeks time. <laughs> Unfortunately, that's, that's not no longer going to happen. We've got still got a year away before that comes out, but still as, as of this being the end of May, uh, we're about to head into Jurassic June. I don't, I don't know if there will be a season four. I don't know if they'll rush one in to production or just tie a bow in this. And, um, we'll have a year to wait until Dominion. I'm kind of hope I, Imagine that they'll probably do a season four. We won't get it right away. We'll get a couple months in between, like we did with the last seasons. But I do expect that there probably, if there is one, that it'll probably come out before Dominion at this point. Mm-hmm. Well, if this, they can say this loosely ties in Dominion, they could probably go right. I spent a couple of months and really thinking of a new story, new for the new season mm-hmm. to further tie more into Dominion, have it release sort of February, March next year to coincide with the release of Dominion and, and lead straight into it and build the hype for Dominion and go straight into it. Um, again, Sauna's getting thrown around for a season four. Maybe. Um, maybe. We... I mean, I don't know because we do see them going off to the east in the movie. We, the sun is coming up and you can see that the, they're heading into the sun. So, <laughs> Unlike Jurassic Park unless, where they're heading off to the west. Unless <laughs> somebody has a fight with the wheel, which in all possibility it could happen, <laughs> and they end up getting turned around the completely other direction, I don't know how they're going, you know? Yeah, we did have it dropped at the start of the series that the boat's damaged, the parts damaged, where the navigation's damaged, the air quotes autopilot's damaged. Um, the compass they got from Kenji's room is sort of an older compass, so it should be a working one. But um, there's also the old obscure reference going all the way back to the Lost World with the uh, the RV map, where um, we see the five deaths and where Nublar should be on that map. There's a magnetic anomaly sighted as being in the area, so. 
maybe compasses don't work <laughs> around Nublar as well as they should. Well, we do know, like you said, there's the magnetic disturbances. So I always assumed there was something made up by Hammond to just kind of hand wave Nublar so nobody would go looking there. I mean, of course, Engine knew it was there, but if anybody else went looking for there, like, oh, wait, there's also another island for dinosaurs? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. Um, so if they take that literally, I suppose that it could get them turned around because, like, uh, Kenji did have trouble trying to find North, and I mean, a kid can read a can read a compass and see which way points north. You know, hmm. I mean, you'd have to be the world's biggest idiot not to not to figure out. So, honestly, and I know this is kind of going to, going to go into a stretch, but one could even argue that Mount Sibo's approaching eruption could be a cause of it, as iron-rich magma rises closer to the surface of the earth and thus throws out the earth throws off the way the compass works because the iron in the earth is affecting the magnetivity of the compass mm. yeah that could point that that could lead to it as well but yeah. again i mean you still have the sun yeah <laughs> and it seems to me that most of the other campers have at least halfway decent head on their shoulders. If not anybody, then at least Ben would probably know that. Hey, wait, why is the sun rising in the uh, other other direction from where we're going? You know, hmm. from where we want to go. <laughs> well, unless unless we get an overcast day, <laughs> clouds. Um... I mean, and that is happening a lot. I noticed that with this season, the storms were increasing in frequency so it could be the wet season at this time yeah and as we know the wet season comes with a lot of storms but then there's the other thing too and we sort of got it here where we wished we wanted to see more old park and it personally didn't live up to what uh what i was hoping it was but if they were to return to sauna it would have to uh, erase what we know about it being dead Surely, otherwise there'd be no conflict there unless the conflict was with Mantacorp, if Mantacorp's there or or something else, because we sort of get a return of that black drone that flies in for 10 seconds at the end of an episode, and it takes mm -hmm. a photo of Scorpius Rex, and we don't see anything of it again. Yeah. If, if we go to Scorner, there's no... We've been told there's no animals there, so what's what's the conflict? What's Why are we there? You'd have to answer that question, and I don't, I don't see an answer for it unless... Yeah, Mantacorp's there. They're, they're there trying to find Wu's old research or something. <laughs> still, 87 miles is too far for a drone to fly, so they're still going to be on a boat circling the island. <laughs> well, Mana, in like, in, yeah, Manacorp is still a huge, huge uh, string that has yet to be tied up. It's probably about the biggest one I think can think of that would leave open for a... Uh, for our fourth season. Mm. Yep, no, definitely. It's sort of weird too. I've got an article. Uh, Colin Trevor has been talking um, post Camp Cretaceous season three being released, uh, a bit of on it, and how it sort of ties into Minion and um, 
He's here, and this is a quote. Uh, there are connections that we're making for sure. Uh, when you see Dominion, it'll be clear that it takes place in the same timeline, in the same world as our show. I hope we're not getting a episode eight issue here where Colin's coming back to direct Dominion after uh, Bayona directed Fallen Kingdom, and he's sort of retconning what we had seen, uh, much like JJ sort of <laughs> wrote the last Jedi out of existence <laughs> mm-hmm. for the most part. Um, how this show seems to be the main, main the main canon going forward into Dominion and not what we've seen at the end of Fallen Kingdom. What I think that means is that we might get characters from the show in Dominion. Which I wouldn't mind if they, as again earlier, if they brought Darius or some of the human characters into live action, I think that'd be fantastic just to continue the story. It would further bloat Dominion <laughs> for what we know is already happening, especially if... Um, recent screen uh, set pictures of Barry, uh, photos of Barry coming back as well, so mm-hmm. Omar Sy's back, um, plus you got all the original cast and everyone else that's sneaking into this film as well, so... <laughs> <laughs> It'll be interesting. Um, as I said before, Jurassic Dunes just around the corner. Um, whether we're going to get a teaser for Dominion, a logo, movie poster, notification that, yes... Even just them saying, yes, we're working on season four, it will be coming, break the silence. <laughs> we need we need some news, we need to know what's happening moving forward. Mm-hmm. But that's uh, that's the main issue, drastic minutes. Um, anything else on Camp Cretaceous or what we've talked about before we get heavy for the week? Uh, no, I think we're good. All right, lovely. Lovely. 